0: The bandwidth for this episode of the AR-15 podcast is sponsored by the Firearms Radio Network, firearmsradio.tv.
1: Welcome to episode number 102 of the AR-15 Podcast. I'm your host, Reed Snyder, and with me today are my co-hosts, J.W. Rank and Anthony Hardy. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you, whether you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Well, J.W., it has been a while. It is good to see you. Thank you for coming.
0: Oh, of course. Uh Always happy to grace you with my presence.
1: Well, it just doesn't seem like a show if you're not here to uh show us up by having had, you know, twice as many training opportunities and and getting to the range at least three or four more times than either of us can put together.
0: Yep. I, I have actually squeezed in a couple range visits in my few days away from the job site, um, but I, I don't really have any training classes on the schedule yet. Oh, wow. Everybody's been putting up their 2015 schedules, though, so –
1: you know there's a fellow who's doing a uh, pistol course in Austin that I thought uh Steve our uh vice president of um marketing might be in, interested in so I'm going to look into that but we'll see that's I think uh December of 2015 so it's a little ways oh, my away self. yeah plenty of
0: time to build up the uh, ammo stores
1: well that's that's already done I I have no worries <laughs> there um so Anthony how are you doing these days?
2: Good man, good. Um yeah, like we talked about last week I'm headed to uh um Appleseed this weekend, uh, December 6th and 7th. So, yeah, looking forward to that.
1: Outstanding. Well, we're probably going to release while you're in transit, so any of you uh, uh quick to listen podcast uh audience members uh if you're close to Florida and interested in the uh, Appleseed events, uh you know, you can always uh head out that way. Uh, we'll have, uh, Anthony put some, uh, links in the show notes. So maybe you can, uh, follow him there and, uh, uh, don't stalk him. Um, you know, that whole, duck
2: oh, come tape on. I've never that, been stalked. That duck you tape in the mean, trunk thing is guess, really
1: a little weird, but you know, obviously
2: JW has got the YouTube stalker.
1: Yeah. I want, An- a Anthony, Anthony, I don't think you need <laughs> a stalker. I think you're fine without a stalker. I think a stalker would be crazy to stalk JW. I'm well aware of his. Training and capabilities at this point. He's a dangerous man. I mean, you're only just getting a minute of barn down to minute of, you know, sight of a trailer.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'm quite as accurate with a mozzin as uh, Anthony is.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, hey, I, I, I
2: can hit stuff at 300 yards now, like a 22 inch gong and stuff. It was awesome.
0: Awesome. <laughs>
1: All right. Yeah. Well, with that, I want to remind you. That it is Brownells that makes this show possible. So have you guys eliminated all of my wonderful story script? I am absolutely beside myself. So bear with me. I'll have the editors take this out. So don't forget that Brownells with their 100% lifetime satisfaction guarantee is there for you anytime you have a problem. Like when you can't remove the tamper pins from your new barrel to slip off the front side base and you now have to find a new barrel or co-hosts. In any case, um, so, you know, uh, we've got our build finished. We have been real excited. But, you know, guys, I still have not heard from Jennifer Gemmon. And, unfortunately, I think her time is running perilously close to being finished. Yep. So, it may be the case that next week during our regular It regularly- defaults to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. As I explained oh. to the listeners, we have a backup winner.
2: Thank goodness that Reed did not get sick or something this week and, oh. or next week. Reed, you better not get sick because we just might announce who that rifle is going
1: to. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to send out the announcement after I talked to my uh, auditors at Cooper's and Librand who, you know, took care of, you know, certifying the results. And make sure that they, uh, have you up on charges for trying to abscond with the rifle.
2: Oh, no, no, no. I, I, uh, yes, sir, Mr. Lawyer, sir, I am joking.
1: <laughs> well, and then there's the whole issue that it's in my gun safe.
2: We, and, and you're like a couple of states away, so yeah, that, there might be a problem there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So, you know, Brownells is an absolutely wonderful sponsor. They've provided a great build. And, of course, if you want to go look at it, episode number 75 is where we detailed it. We have already drawn a first winner, but they did not claim the prize in the allotted time. So we will have to move on to number two. In any case, that leads us into a product of the week. So, uh, Anthony, I think this is your product of the week. Why don't you tell the listeners about what you put up here? Now this is
2: the Vortex Spark 2 Red Dot, and I actually just uh, purchased this just a few weeks ago. And if you guys remember, um, I was having problems like hitting paper at 100 yards. So, um, yeah, I put this on my gun. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, I I am hitting anything and everything that I want to with no problems whatsoever. So apparently my little $30 Red Dot from Walmart was not doing (laughs) not doing the job very well um apparently it was partially at least equipment not completely me because uh with this red dot i'm hitting um targets at uh 300 yards first shot no problems you know emptied a whole magazine at 300 yards i think i missed one round uh and i was getting headshots on a man-sized target at that distance so
1: hey uh jw i have a question for you do you remember the buy-once-cry-once once philosophy that we've discussed many, many, many times over in the history of the I don't think show. I've ever
0: heard that before.
1: No, no. All right. Hmm.
2: Well, it was, it was $30 and have something, or wait six months and have nothing, which probably what I should have done. is just worked with iron sights only. I know, I know Mr. Iron Sights over there.
1: Well, did you get any better with your iron sights, or in all of that time did you practice your minute of barn shooting and discover that if you had actually applied yourself to learning the iron sights, you might have been able to shoot out to 300 meters on a man-sized target without a spark tube.
2: Well, I was able to hit paper with the iron sights out to 100, so I could do that. But, you know, my groups are not all that great, but my eyesight's not all that great, so, you know, whatever. I was hitting an 8-inch target, you know, at 100 meters with iron sights without really practicing a lot to be completely honest. Um, but with the the optic I was just not doing crap. And then uh once I got this uh, Spark 2 and put on there, it's it's around 200 bucks depending on where you get it from. Brownells has it for right at $200, it's a good price on it. And it is a 2 MOA red dot and I think that actually also may have had a a good portion of of been a good portion of my issue the little $30 one was an 8 MOA red dot so it covered up the entire 8-inch target. So that was kind of an issue. The um, it comes with a riser mount um, Put a little bit of Loctite on there on your screws. You're putting it on as always guys. And the thing zeroes in in just a few shots. I think it took me five shots to zero it in once I got it on the rifle. And seriously, it's just like even in when we were outside, this was Monday last week when I was up with, um, Iraq veteran 8888, like we talked about before. And I was up in their field up their range and got, you know, 300 yards out there and it was bright, bright blue sky, bright sunlight. And I don't even have to put it up past about the fourth. Uh, setting on it and it was a bright red dot so it did really great in sunlight um i've worked with it a little bit in the house doing some dry fire works really great obviously in the dark and gathers quite a bit of light i'm actually uh don't lose much light when i'm looking through it in the dark at all and it's it's so far it's been a really great little piece um you know i've heard a lot of people say a lot of really good things about vortex they're not you know Really super expensive. It does fall within a range that that I could afford and go ahead and work with. So I was really happy with that. I did grab the magnifier, the 3x magnifier, which is a bomb. Um, to put on that with a, um, what do you call it? When flip you guys, side mount. Yeah, the flip side mount, which is awesome. So that's also around the $200 mark. But the the optic really is, um, the main red dot is really what uh, has made the biggest difference. It's killer.
1: Now you know if it was within my power, I would whisk you off to Edson range and hand you over to the fine instructors of the United States Marine Corps to teach you how to shoot the damn thing that you've been trying to shoot all these months only to discover you, you haven't even bought adequate materials for, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a little distressed that, that one of our co-hosts would, would not even listen to the show enough to follow the advice. (laughs) Well, I I I'm, crushed. I'm cheap, man. No, I'm crushed. I'm crushed. You've hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, and no, I gotta I gotta get up right. to now and I'll get over it.
2: Uh, yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, gentlemen, the holidays are upon us. Thanksgiving is over. We have all feasted on big ugly turkeys. Um and uh we're getting ready to uh move into a little gift giving moment.
2: Reed, did you kill your turkey with your AR?
1: I did not. JW. Kill the turkey with the AR. Yeah, no, this is Pennsylvania. <laughs>
0: you can't, you can't hunt with semi-autos. What are you thinking?
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You, you guys <laughs> in
0: are in the woods. Everyone's just emptying <laughs> assault clips full of death bullets. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then you're now with that, you know, fully automatic conversion bolt. You guys can have fully auto M16 AR-15s. Yep. That's what I'd bring hunting is a uh. slide fire stock. Oh, there you go. It kind of plays havoc on your carcass, though. Well, it ain't. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think the question I always get is, "What do you want for the holidays?" And it's a tough one for them uh, because I'm interested in things that most of my family have no clue about. I mean, I might as well be, you know, geology. You know, buy me a bunch of rocks or you know, various kinds and Different styles. No, I mean they've got no clue. So I, I thought I would talk to you guys about your top ten list of what things you would want to have for Christmas. So we can do that now. Of course, Anthony says that after we have compiled our lists in the prior hours, coming up with yeah. a great many great choices. But um,
2: well, see, now I've been working on mine for. <laughs> quite some time now, so
0: yeah.
1: Well, um, uh, who, who wants to go first and uh, kind of display their list for us?
0: JW? Sure, I don't mind hopping up. Right. Um, mine has uh, gone through a lot of uh, revisions and thought. Right. Um, I think I put it together in the three or four minutes preceding uh, when we pressed record, um, so there may be some things that I'd like to improve upon later down the road, but... Uh, really? so this isn't the Here final
1: to- answer.
0: Right. It's a work in progress.
1: Dum,
2: dum, 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 dum. Oh,
0: wait. Wrong show. The first item here is an ambidextrous safety. Um, this is something that I put on almost all of my lowers. And some people would say it's cheating. Some people would say it's this or that. Um, but one that I haven't tried yet is the bad uh, ambi-safeties. I've just kind of got real cheap uh, plain-jane uh, selector switches. And um, I'd love to try one of those bad safety selectors. Um, you can get different lengths, different kind of finishes and knurlings. And so I, I'd love to try one of those. And I don't think they're too expensive either.
1: No, no. You know what I like about the bad ambi safety? When you're, when you're, when you've got your, your grip hand on the AR and it's a right handed AR without the ambi anything, when you're engaging and disengaging the safety, nothing is sweeping over that index fingers, you know, second knuckle. When you're left handed and you've got the ambi on there, you've got the other half of your ambi safety just grinding on that knuckle. And the BAD, the Battle Arms Development ambi safety, they sell a flat lever. So you put a flat lever on one side and it just, it doesn't have that, that engagement with your, with your dominant hand there. I like that about the ambi safety from BAD. Just saying. The next
0: thing I got on the list here is uh, some lube for your gun. The one that I've been running the past year or two is Frog Lube. Um, I know Anthony's going to want to try some different things here. It's been working fine for me. Um, I guess I got a little worried in the cold. It kind of gummed up a little bit on my uh, handguns, but that was really just when I was handling it. When I actually put rounds through it, there weren't any issues at all, so it's not like it slowed down the gun too much um, Yeah. to prevent it from oh. slaying or anything like that.
2: One, um, Actually, just today, uh, a friend of mine told me that uh, they had put um, frog lube on their shotgun, all up at the springs and everything, and they went duck hunting, and the gun would not fire at all. Because, you know, you're duck hunting, it's what, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, freezing cold, and that stuff just, it would not allow the, it was an the inertia-fired mm-hmm. shotguns, and it would not fire the darn thing at all. So, yeah, frog lube, not such a good idea.
0: Yeah, we maybe what not I, to get all inside the springs and everything.
2: Yeah, exactly, which is one of the reasons I have a different one we'll talk about on my list.
0: The next one I've got is uh camo stencils. I just picked up this little rubber sheet from Primary Arms. I was ordering something else, and I just tossed it in my cart, and uh, it's they call it something kind of of their own, but basically it's the shapes that you see in multicam. Um, I just use regular old spray paint. Um, Here's the rifle that I painted a couple weeks back, and... Uh, it was a good time. It's just regular old spray paint from Lowe's. And, um, yeah, the the stencils kind of give you a little more of a pattern to follow rather than just kind of throwing on leaves or laundry bags or whatever else. Um, so it lets you get a little closer to, like, a, a typical pattern like multi-cam.
1: Right. Hey, JW, when you do that, do you tape up everything? I mean, like, tape you mean up your lens uh, lenses on your scope and... Tape oh, no, I just mind? paint right over the glass. No, no, no. I mean, but, but do you do a lot yeah, of prep
0: yeah, work? Yeah, I put tape on, over the optic.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, not just that. That's the easy one. But, like, in the, the mag well, do you put it in your, you know, uh, trigger uh, access well there? I mean, no. or, or do you just go to town, tape up the important stuff, and be done with it?
0: Yeah, I just go to town. I tape up the um, flash hider. Cause it's got the teeth on it for my suppressor and I just want to keep that clean so that everything engages right. Um, I tape up the front of my flashlight and then the back of my scope cause I've got a scope cap on the front that flips up. Um, but other than that, I just kind of go to town. I don't spray anything up into the magwell. Um, I close my dust cover before I spray it and then I just kind of hang it from a coat hanger in the back deck and do you go have to the town? Uh,
1: tactical turrets on your scope? Or do you have caps?
0: Yeah, th- this one was just that uh, 1 to 6 power. And the only thing that I really need to see on it um, would be the m- the illumination setting markings and the magnification setting. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm looking at those while I'm using them. Right. So I just painted it right over. But, I mean, you could always just do a strip of tape if you wanted to leave the numbers exposed. Well, good deal. We'll keep yeah. on going. Uh, the next one on the list here is either a jug of powder – or a pile of brass or both, um, whether your gift recipient has already started reloading or whether you're just trying to push them off the edge uh, so that they'll reload all your two two three brass that you've been saving um it It's a good opportunity to just load that stocking right up with dirty brass um, powder that sounds nasty no. I'm sorry. <laughs> there there's <laughs> something funny so about
2: you saying so the words funny. like that.
0: <laughs> powder, um, I put that on the list because I just had to make a drive to the other side of town to go pick up a jug of powder that was in stock, um, because I didn't want to pay the hazmat fee to have it delivered. Mm-hmm. If you can track down the kind of powder that they want to, that your gift recipient wants to use, uh, and find it locally rather than having to order it on stock, pounce on that. Uh, especially if it's one of the popular ones, that's tough to keep in stock. Oh yeah. Um, Tracking that down locally is awesome because you can save on those hazmat fees.
1: I had a great opportunity to buy some, like, virtually impossible-to-get powder from a gun broker seller that was in the Metroplex area here. It was a bit of a drive, but, you know, it's the exact same thing. You're saving a hazmat fee and shipping, which, you know, driving across town is a whole lot cheaper than either one of those. Yep. Yep.
0: Next one here, um, I just bought my first one of, and it is a steel target. Um, The one that I got was at the local gun show. There was a guy that was making them. Um, I've got a buddy at Iron Shaft Industries, and he cuts stuff up from time to time, and we shoot at it. And if you haven't shot at steel before, you're missing out Um, because it's just a fantastic way to introduce new people to the sport. It's a great way that um, keeps you from having to run Back and forth um, down the range, whether you're calling clear or whether it's in your backyard or whatever, um, you know instantly. Okay, the rounds are going where I want them to go, and it's a great positive feedback um, that's going to get those new shooters much more engaged than just walking up to a piece of paper and saying, "Oh, well, the rounds were four inches apart, now they're three inches apart." So feel good. Um, I agree, 100%. is just awesome.
2: Nothing like that ding you hear when it comes back to your ears. It's blasted awesome.
0: Lately, I've been getting a ton of use out of this, uh, suppressed bolt action 22 that I just kinda got put together. And run, if you're the only one at the range, you just leave your ear pro in the car and it's just a blast. It's so much fun shooting steel with that. The next one here I've got is money for a tax stamp. Uh, um, yeah! everybody deserves to add a few tax stamps to their collection, uh, as long as they live in, uh, America proper. And it's gonna cost you 200 bucks, uh, pretty much no matter what you get, unless you're an AOWer. So get somebody kind of working in that direction. Maybe some money for the tax stamp. Maybe put up some money for a trust, a gun trust. I know that there were a lot of great deals this last weekend, uh, right after Thanksgiving. Guys doing some online trusts uh, for just great prices. Uh, Even
2: with a full lawyer, you can get them for
0: 125. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Next one up here, uh, kind of stepping up the, the cost game. Recently, Aimpoint just came out with a replacement to their T1 called the T2. Um, I've not used one from what I've kind of been reading. It's just kind of an upgraded body. The electronics are ruggedized a little more. Um, I bet they squeezed like a few more years of battery life out of it, but, um, it's just a fantastic all around sight. It looks just like the Vortex Spark. Um, same sort of size concept. Um, but it's really, like the industry standard, bomb-proof, not going to die on you, um, small red dot. So between that and then like a Trigicon RMR, those suckers are just fantastic. They're like the gold standard for for red dots. Um, so if there's somebody that that wants to either put one on a rifle that's been sitting around, or maybe go to a pistol, um, you can actually put some of those Aimpoint micros on pistols too. The next item I've got is how you get that scope mounted to your gun, and that's with a mount. Um, LaRue makes the best ones that I've ever used. Uh, they've got different kinds, whether they screw on and just stay there or whether they're a quick disconnect with a latch. Um, these mounts, you can pop them off, throw them back on the gun in the same place, and they're going to maintain zero. I've never had any issues uh, doing that. somebody wants to take a look at my optic, I just pop it right off and hand them the optic, say, hey, try it on your gun. And, uh, put it right back on mine when they're done. And as long as you don't twist those turrets, there's been no problems. So I've never had a single issue with any of the LaRue mounts.
1: Yeah, they're pretty good. I've got one for an EOTech. So, uh, this next one is like the, the bee's knees, the end all be all. It's the holy grail of accessories, isn't it?
0: Yeah, this one's stepping up the game a little bit. I know some of your, um, Christmas budgets are a little bit bigger than mine, so maybe this would fit perfect. Um, These are the Sentinels from... I want! Yep. So this is like an upgraded version of the night vision that a lot of pilots use, and helicopter pilots. Um, So it's a real high-sensitivity, very high-quality tubes, but they put it in a package that's more ruggedized. Um, A lot of soldiers were taking the um, tubes that were meant for aviation goggles they were just running them on the ground, and they were kind of falling apart on them and, and wearing out quicker um, because pilots weren't running around like these rangers were. So TNVC put together the Sentinels. Um, I'm not sure what the military de- designation is. They might be the PBS-15 or something like that. But um, these suckers are like 7500 bucks, I think. They're on sale right now. They say $475. Holy exactly. cow. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking to go into some night vision, uh, especially dual tubes, this is a great way to go. We just had a power outage the other night uh, at home, maybe two nights before Thanksgiving. Everyone was over, and uh, power went out. We were just getting ready for dinner. So I pulled down my PBS-14, moved around the house a little, creeped on the cat, and uh, found some flashlights for everybody. Lit up the room. We creeped there, lit by uh, LED light. And... Uh, Got to show everybody how the PVS-14s work. So if you're wanting to go night vision, uh, TNVC's made me a, a very happy customer. Very cool. Now, if you want to step up your game even more on the price scale, I've got one last item here. Um, this is sort of a vintage item. It was manufactured before 1986, and uh, it has the, the wonderful attribute of having been added to the National Firearms Act Registry. Um, This is the H&K transferable auto sear. Now, if I were to go down the full auto MP5 or similar HK um, route, I would definitely go with the auto sear because it lets you move it between different hosts without um, without compatibility issues for the most part. So if you had a transferable trigger pack, then there'd only be certain HK hosts that it would drop into or if you had a registered receiver, then that'd be the only rifle that you could make full auto. Going with the auto series, you can actually bounce it between different hosts. Um I haven't looked it up recently. I've got a buddy at C D S Arms that he does all the NFA stuff. I'm sure he could track one down, but these suckers are probably like twenty grand, um, if I were to guess. Maybe eighteen to twenty five. You said
2: you were doing increasing in price down your list, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got an MP5 I've been having a blast with lately, um, but it doesn't have a giggle switch. So if you're really looking to step up your game, it's real small. It's just a little auto-sear with some paperwork. It fit in a stocking real nice. It's putting it out there.
1: Well, I think right now <laughs> nice. it's going upwards of $27,000. Ooh, there you go. The industry has them trending up from 07. That's mm-hmm. a pretty steady clip. And, uh, they were pretty much recession proof. Um, I'm going to have to put this picture in the show notes for you guys to see. Um, Anthony? <clears throat>
2: oh, no, wait a minute. You just, you, you just, yeah, I was going to say leave that there. There, there is one more item that does appear to be like disappearing again <laughs> that was there that uh, was at the bottom of JW's list.
1: Go to the next page.
2: It, If you could find it, it went down a page, if you could find that somewhere and put up a link, I might actually buy that. This is a Christmas sweater, guys, and it's uh, Christmas green, and it's got like snowflakes and Christmas trees on it, right? And it says fa-la-la-la at the top, but then it's got uh, two pistols next to a big Christmas tree right in the middle, and at the bottom it says bang, 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 bang. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Very seasonal. You know when you have one of those parties where you go to and it's like the the ugly Christmas sweater party or whatever? Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I came across an ugly Christmas party sweater that would have been pretty good the other day. Yeah, what did they look like? Um, Well, let's see. You sure it was a sweater? Yeah, it was seared into my brain. Uh, it was like Ooh. Seattle Seahawks and Christmas trees and something else. It was pretty much meant to be an ugly sweater. It was like an NFL fan ugly sweater. That was the name of it. It was all about Ooh. being ugly.
2: Gotcha. All right, so moving on to my list here. The first thing I have on here is some uh, ear protection from Precision Ear because I've got these big cans that I wear all the time, and I am hoping to um, be able to hopefully get into some of those and see what happens. So maybe that, uh, that'll that all work out. So that this should be a very interesting thing uh, to see how that works out. Next is something that uh, – and again, I should probably preface this and say my list is not in any specific order. It's not in cost. It's not in my specific desire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It really boils down to um, the order in which it occurred to me. So, And some of these things, I try to stay away from specific gun parts so that we don't have to worry about, you know, do a, does my husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, if she's in a shooting, already have this or whatever? Uh, hopefully these are things, for the most part, that they, they don't have uh, because they're new. If they do have them, hopefully you know them well enough to know that they know them. Yes, I want that. You guys keep making things scroll down. I'm taking a look at a good pictures down there. But uh, my next item is the GoPro Hero 4 Black. And that would be a great addition specifically for me uh, to record myself at the range, improve training, et etc. Et and I'm sure that would work probably for a lot of different people. And, of course, if you're going to have the GoPro Hero 4, you got to have some way to use it properly. And I want to be able to put it on my gun, so uh, a GoPro Picatinny mount. Um, that I found online. looks like a, a really nice little pit. I found a few others as well. There's a bunch of different kinds of mounts you can take and take that GoPro and mount it directly onto your rifle, which makes for some really interesting uh shooting, especially if you're off shooting some good three-gun events and you can run around with that and see all the, the different things that are going on for the rifle portion at least. And then I got some less expensive things in my list um, that uh, you probably don't have specifically, or if you do, you might have something uh something along those lines. The uh Kryptek helmet logo Typhon camo cap I found and it's got that uh I guess it's like the Spartan uh helmet logo on it and it's got a Cryptek camouflage pattern on it. It's a nice little cap and it's only 15 bucks. So I kind of like that cap. Um hoping maybe I'll manage to actually get that one. And then something I've just kind of been paying attention to lately are uh magazine wraps. Have you guys done any of these or seen any of these?
0: No, I haven't. But I've heard of
2: Yeah, that, it's a Yeah, I've seen it
0: on Instagram. Probably from the guys that do them. They do the safe wraps too.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, there, there's tons and tons of different ones. Um, all kinds of different patterns and whatnot. So you've got, you know, from American flags to uh, well, there's uh, you know, don't tread on me kind of stuff. and it, it really just runs the the gamut all the way across the board. Really interesting camo patterns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I've got uh, some of those in my list. Usually it comes in packs of three. And again, there's like fifteen, twenty dollars. so They're not very expensive. And then I know J.W. mentioned steel targets earlier. Uh, I really would like to have the one that I've got in here actually, which is the Do All Outdoors, uh, dueling tree. And it's for 9mm to 30 out 6. And it's just, uh, three targets on the left, three targets on the right. You hit them, they spin around. And it's basically, it's an auto reset thing so you don't have to worry about going down there. So it's got, it's spring loaded so it'll, it'll swing around and lock and then come back, swing back around and lock for you. So it's a nice little thing. Can't use it with 22. It's not going to actually have enough impact power to, to swing that around, but it's a, it's a nice little system and it's not ridiculously expensive at 75 bucks. Something if you, uh, depending on your range rules, of course, um, if you're allowed to, you can take it out of the range or if you've got a a range at the house, you can take it out back and and take a look at that. So that's a a nice little piece.
0: Looks like it'll withstand up to 30 out six too. So in case you have, uh, matching Karens, you can kind of. Race your way to the ping. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool,
2: you know? (laughs) Big, big rifle shooting on that thing. And then there's... The next item that I have on here is uh, an engraved ejection port dust cover. So I know you have to be careful. This is one of those things you have to watch out for. If you've got... um, I think, if I remember correctly, that the Bushmaster Carbon 15 does not have a dust cover. So uh, you want to make sure that the rifle, if you're buying it for, actually has a dust cover. But there are tons and tons and tons of different items they are engraved versus painted on, et cetera. I prefer the laser engraved from what I've been able to see. And you can get them, you know, Punisher, you can get them Skeletons, you can get uh, Don't Tread on Me kind of stuff, American Flags engraved on them. There's a peace symbol engraved on some of them, which is pretty awesome. Uh, all kinds of different stuff. So there's really, some really cool things that are there, and we won't even get into some of the things like the Glock slides that are on there because they're not ours, but those look pretty cool too. So there's some really interesting uh, items on those links if you guys are looking at the show notes. My next item is something I don't have, and I can see where it could be very, very useful, Um, especially for competition, things like that, to be able to pull a magazine out easier. But those Ranger floor plates from Magpul, and they make them for either the Magpul mags or the the USGI mags. So I've got links to both. And, again, it's not very expensive. Three packs like 15 bucks on Brownells. So you can grab those and uh, get a pack of those, and it's a pretty decent little stocking stuffer. And I know JW mentioned Frog Lube. Which is great. I use Frog Lube on uh, on my guns. Had a lot of really good luck with it. I have it run in the cold. Uh, like I said, today was the first time that I heard about that issue. So I've heard Fire Clean runs well in the cold. So I figured, yeah, why not stick that on my list and give that a shot and see how it runs. I've heard everybody say it runs really well. And I've also heard people say, know, I'll just grab, you know, a synthetic motor oil. The really good synthetic motor oil stuff. And it'll run just as well. So, But the Fire Clean does seem to be something I would like to have. And my last item is something... That you'd probably want to do um, with permission, of course, uh, or either just uh, you know put an IOU down there. But it's seracoding service, and you'll need to find a local uh, seracoding shop, which shouldn't be too difficult in most areas. You know, I've got one within an hour and a half here, even from where I am. Maybe even closer. But you can find a good seracoding service and uh, have a rifle seracoded if your uh, significant other is interested, or you know uh, maybe a, a son or a father is interested in having a rifle with a with a nice little color there. On it, uh, I like some, uh, flat dark earth, flat dark earth, and I've got a, a lower, uh, Bushmaster or lower, uh, coming in from Brownells when they had them on sale for 50 bucks, which I think is still going on, actually. Uh, I should be here sometime in the next two or three weeks. There you go. And I like that flat dark earth color now. That's some good stuff. And, uh, take that and, uh, have that Sarah I think is probably what I'm gonna do with that for my next build. And I, I love the picture you guys have stuck in the show notes here now. Oh, that should, can I, Go mm, what? Man. Dude, it's it's The Walking Dead. It's Rick with his uh his nice uh pistol up there with a huge silencer on the end of it, and he's got his uh his python holstered on his on his waist down there. Man, that did, have you guys watched the show?
0: Yeah, they've been uh, really pushing those silencers lately. It's great. He's been rocking that Osprey 45 on. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably like a HK or a USP or something.
1: Yeah, it looks like an HK. I think it looks much better on a Sig, but that's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah, all I can tell you is, is they're, they've finally gotten proper suppressors this season, which is just, I'm not going to spoil anything about anything else, but it's, it's blasted
0: awesome. It really is. It's mm-hmm. awesome. The one thing that pisses me off is that whenever they look down the sites, they find a, a reason to put like the bottom of their butt stock, like up on the top of their shoulder. It's like, hmm, uh, let's hear through this telescope device. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, see, I know, I'll it's be honest, guy. I haven't actually watched it for proper
0: suppressors.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I, no, I have noticed that, for sure. Yeah. But anyway, Walking Dead is awesome. You, are you caught up?
0: Yes. Okay, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody because like AMC posted like a picture and it completely ruined it for me the last episode. I'd, I
2: was like, hey are guys, you serious? I
0: was like, come on.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that sucks, man. That yeah. sucks. So are you just like yeah. one episode don't, behind? Don't, don't spoil no, it for good me because I'm, I'm like good now.
1: two years behind. Three years.
2: How many how many years <laughs> are we into it? Five seasons.
1: All right. So I'm I'm five years behind.
2: All <laughs> oh, right. Come on, man. Watch the first episode. First episode. I did. That's all you got to do. You did?
1: Yeah. He gets on the horseback, crawls under the tank. Everybody in the tank comes alive. He has to shoot him inside a tank, which, I mean, the guy's deaf now. I don't know why they're even pretending he's got hearing. I mean, he's deaf. <laughs> I mean that's just all there is to it.
0: With you the know. python, probably. Oh,
1: yeah. No, no, no. It was a it was a Beretta, M9. He pulled it out of some guy's <laughs> holster and shot. I don't know how many of them woke up and decided to try to eat him, but he was not happy about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I saw the first episode. And then I got busy with life, you know, children, marriage, wife, family, the whole thing.
2: Those things just, oh, come on, man.
0: It They're sure great. But, so it's you know, they get it's,
1: it's the way of your TV viewing, I, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't, do. I wouldn't trade them for the world. I love my family.
0: Okay, last but not least, Reed has a list. All right, and, uh, I'm gonna let him get into it. I gotta peace out. All right, so, well, enjoy, boys, and I'll see you next have week. Have a good day.
1: Thanks for joining us. We miss Bye. you, man. <laughs> All right, so Anthony, now that our yes. color man's gone, you're gonna have to provide some informative, you know, repartee. Are you up for the task?
2: You know, I don't talk very well.
1: Well, we know that.
2: (laughs) Here I am on a podcast. I don't speak well. So,
1: uh, here's my top ten list. And it may be more than ten. I haven't counted. We'll see. Um, you know, I think that you can never go wrong with magazines. And when it comes down to it, Magpul magazines, I think, are really great. The, uh... The lines are really easy to identify what's the most current. Uh, we're up to third generation here, I think, and you can still find second generation that works just fine, and they're really, really very reasonably priced. Um, but Magpul magazines, I think uh, three magazines will probably set you back under 50 bucks. So that's a pretty good deal.
2: Oh, Way less than that, man. You, you can find them easily online for 10 $11 a piece. See, And I actually there saw some, up. now if you catch them on a Black Friday, if you were doing your Christmas shopping like you should be, on Black Friday I saw uh, three for $26.
1: Now that is a good price. No joke. So, Magpul magazines, I think that's really a nice, easy go-to um, gift for your AR shooter. Um, this is something, the next one is something that I found in a post on uh, one of the, Firearms blogs that I follow, and this is a product. I believe it's by Faxon Arms, or maybe it's just sold by them. But what it appears to be are labeled rubber bands, and they're labeled uh, three hundred blk five five six two two three or seven six two by thirty nine. So yeah,
2: they are made by Faxon, and they actually put these not only on the magazines; mm-hmm. they actually put them on the uh, the rifle buttstocks as well.
1: So I think that the, the, the takeaway here is that, you know, obviously you've got some things that can be mixed up on the range. Uh, you might load up a magazine with your blackout on it and try to, you know, force it into your AR chamber. And well, you know, hilarity ensues if you can actually get that bolt closed and you get the firing pin to drop. So, uh, I think that. As remote as those possibilities are, we understand that most shooters are on top of their game. Accidents do happen, but these just seem to be a very easy color coded way to just mark your rifle for the kind of magazines you want to be shooting out of it. I think it's a neat idea. And the great thing is, is that 10 bands is basically 10 bucks. It's a buck a band and they're really neat. Uh, I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I think that's, you know, stocking stuffer quality material there. We've got a link in the show notes for you. So I'm going to move on now. Yeah,
2: that's really good stuff.
1: The next one, I think to me is your go-to for any AR guy. And that's ammunition. Ammo. You know, nothing like having an AR you cannot shoot because you have no ammo. And of course, More ammo is always better. So, I don't think you can go wrong with any quantity of ammunition. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I think the 1,000-round quantity is your best deal and would be your most appreciated gift.
2: (laughs) Uh, Multiple 1,000-round things,
1: yes. Well, I know that they have a 12,500-round can, more like a barrel. But you need a forklift to move it, so... In any case, when it comes down to it, I put in the 150-round loose pack. I'm a big fan of the 62-grain Full Metal Jacket Bullet that American produces. It's the uh, XM855 uh, designation, and it's good stuff. And I think you're probably going to pay under 75 The best deal I've found for these in a, in a while is 50 bucks. Uh Palmetto State Armory That's a had good a sale. Deal. And they did. So, you know, I think that that's always a good go-to. But you know what? If all you can find is a couple of boxes of 20 at the local sporting goods store, I'm sure your significant other would love that. I mean, it's still ammo. It all shoots. Okay. In this day and age, we oftentimes see listeners with rifles that are optics-ready that have a front sight post, but nothing in the rear, and sometimes they are trying to figure out how this all works. Well, there is a mill spec carry handle that fits on your upper, right up your flat top upper, and I think that this is a very sound starting point if you're going to be giving a gift to somebody who then has a new rifle for Christmas. This will save a whole lot of heartache until that AR shooter really gets comfortable with where they want to go on a, uh, rear sight. And frankly, I think that, uh, there is nothing like that kind of profile of the AR-15 with the carry handle, kind of reminiscent of the, you know, original M16s and the original M4s. So, I mean, I think it's just, it's a good aesthetic. And it's a good sight. Um, so, And, you know, more to the point, as far as the sight goes, it is the traditional rear sight that you would find on most um, ARs or M16s. So, uh, you know, nothing wrong with a little bit of nostalgia, but there you go. Um, the next item I put on my list is a buffer. Uh, Ultor, Voltor. Uh, manufacturer of the uh, A5 buttstock, uh, I guess it's an extended buffer tube and buffer and spring system for their, um, what is it, iMod stocks. It, it's a really good system, but sometimes we find that the people who have, I guess, feeding problems and cycling problems... Um, Tend to move towards things like springs and bolts and buffers to help balance out what their issues are. Right, right, right. If I were going to recommend someone go to look towards changing buffer weights, I'd suggest they go and look at the Voltor buffers. So that's what I put in there. It's a good start, and you know, really, it it it's something that is very common. In fact, I think some of our feedback this week is talking about a problem with cycling in one of their rifles. Um, to that end, another, uh, great solution is the superior shooting flat buffer spring. Superior shooting is a company by, I guess, uh, owned and operated by, uh, David Tubb and this spring is, I guess, one of his creations. Uh, I have heard quite a few shooters who shoot competitively uh, talk in glowing terms about that spring. So, to me, I think that those two gifts, whether your significant other is having problems with their AR or not, uh, will do nothing but improve their experience with the rifle. And to that end, my next item on the list really kind of steps up into that same category of making a rifle uh, all that much better. And I put in there the ALG Quality Mil-Spec Trigger, which is a trigger manufactured by a, I guess, a division or a branch of Geisley triggers. And the ALG QMS Trigger is really a very sweet military uh, mil-spec trigger. Um, one of the uh, great things is that uh, I believe it's the uh, trigger that is uh, nickel-teflon and the hammer that is nickel-boron-coated, so... You have uh, some thought into how those particular interactions are going to affect the quality of the trigger pull, how smooth it is, the break, and all these other issues. And, you know, for someone to really put that much effort into what is essentially a $65 trigger, which is by far at least half the cost of the lowest-priced competitive trigger you're going to find, I think that really says a lot for what kind of quality you have in that trigger. So, I think that that is another great gift for, you know, pretty much any AR owner. And, you know, I think your average AR owner is not going to be the guy that goes out there and gets the custom three gun, tricked out, you know, yep. nine year old rifle. You're right. I think your average guy is going to get a in the box, he's going to get a Colt, he's going to get a, uh, an FN, he's going to get a Bushmaster, he's DMS. going to get a DPMS. And they're all great rifles, but they are the starting point. And, of course, we preach on the show all the time about being able to take your starting point rifle and make it everything you want it to be. So um, the next item is just something that speaks to me in a deep and meaningful way, and I really cannot even begin to tell you why. It is the uh, Lantac. Dragon muzzle brake. So, Lantac USA has a muzzle brake that they've created for the AR-15 and for the, I believe, the AR-10. And they may, yes, they have an AK muzzle brake as well. Now, I've never shot one. I've only ever seen footage. I've listened to people whose opinions um, I follow. And I don't know that there are any bad things to say about it. You know, I don't really know where I am on the whole spending my own money for it, but I tell you what, if my wife got me one of these, I'd jump up and kiss her. So.
2: I mean, I'm if saying. you're looking at any sort of competition, some sort of a muzzle break and, uh, That is a great price on that one that you've got listed on the link there in the show notes. That that muzzle brake looks like it's got some really great reviews, so definitely.
1: You know, when it comes down to it, it, it just seems to have something to it that is substantive. And I don't know that you always find that because, obviously, it's a very dense field of products. If you are into the AR at all, there are tons of things out there to get involved with and And you know every piece of footage I've ever seen, this thing just it it holds a point it it stays on point it's it's amazing now I don't know if that's actually real; it is video footage, and well, I know the the masters of uh internet like uh Anthony who's gonna give me grief about my browser selection uh <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure they can manipulate things like this, but you know it is what it is right yep
2: so I like your next choice
1: you know I put in there something I have the the first spark I put in there a a site that you know just like uh anthony's uh product of the week uh it, it's going to be something to start you out it's not it's not a three thousand dollar Schmidt and bender or you know uh twenty five hundred dollar night force it's 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 a hundred dollars, one hundred and twenty-nine dollars. Anthony, what was what's the Spark Two selling for that you got?
2: Um, run right around two hundred, give or take. You can get it a little cheaper depending on where you look at it, but run right around two hundred is a pretty good price for it.
1: So I got the uh, Spark, the first generation, at I believe it was ninety-nine dollars. You know, of course, they were trying to get rid of the inventory; they were trying to make way for the Spark Two. Um, you know, the Spark was was perfectly fine in my. Uh, view, so I don't know what the Spark 2 has improved on, but you know, really when it comes down to it, for $99 for a first generation, that's not a bad price for a good quality Red Dot, And you're, you're looking true, at something, at huh?
2: Yeah, no, not at all. That's a great price.
1: And you're looking at something that has the same kind of form factor as a, an aim point, like an M4, a Comp M3, uh, and I think really, when you get down to it, that is a good tool. And you know, Anthony, you put it to good effect. Obviously, if you're you know uh tearing up the targets after three hundred yards, so yep, that that speaks for itself. To take you from you know minute of barn down to a real paper target.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have anything else on my rifle right now unless I had a lot, lot more money.
1: Yeah. So I, I think any of that, the vortex and the spark line are going to give you something really nice for your shooter significant other. Now, I threw this next one in because, you know, really when it comes down to it, uh, sometimes it's nice to be able to sling a rifle and not have it just hanging there. You know, just to let it, you know, rest comfortably off the sling off your shoulder instead of holding on to the darn thing or trying to lay it down in a, you know, Way that isn't is gonna you know fall in the mud, fall in the you know the water, you know get itself all credit up. So you know I put in the Magpul MS4 sling, and we've had a sling show. We talked about a number of different kinds of slings, and I, I, I'm kind of partial to the MS4 now. I don't have one yet, so that's kind of why I put it on this list because it is something that I want. Got the MS3. But what what did the MS4 improve on? Is it that buckle for adjustments? Cuz they went from that kind of a pull strap to a slide buckle, didn't they?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um that's what mine is is that uh that slide pull, which is really handy, it's really easy to use.
1: Yeah, I am not real sure that that little, you know, handle that they sewed into the MS3 is of as much value. So, I'm I'm right. thinking about heading to that direction and finally the last thing on here is a uh, bravo company manufacturing uh foregrip now i have a magpul angled uh what is it? afg and i have a uh oh geez i'm gonna forget it maybe it's uh Well, I'm not even going to make a fool of myself for trying to remember and getting it wrong, but I have another full sized, uh, foregrip that basically has a, a well in it that you can run the pressure switch for most of your surefire optic or surefire flashlights. So that is a, a good grip, but it's still a pretty big bulky piece of grip and Bravo company makes a short grip that really makes for a good stop, a good holding point, a good reference point. I've got one on um, my, uh, I guess, my speed rifle there, and I really like it. And it's a pretty reasonable uh, product, and so I think that when it comes down to it, if you're going to get something like a piece of rail accessory, I think you can't go wrong with that. Now, have you ever seen these, Anthony?
2: I've I've seen the pictures online. I've never actually had a chance to see one in person. Um, you know, they're they're not the standard vertical foregrip, you know, it's the more of a looks like a little smaller, right? For
1: the angle. Yeah, it's a little smaller. It's got a bit of a cant to it. It's got a hollowed out well. And so, you know, they they have a standard um rail mounted and now they have their line of key mod mounted. And, you know, so I'm, I'm telling you, it really is kind of a, an interesting way to go. And, uh, you know, I don't think you can do wrong by it. Yeah, it sounds cool. And I have put a link to it in the show notes. So, you know, I think between the three of us, we have managed to not double up on, on anything for our show as far as our individual top ten lists. So, I guess to our listeners, if any of these things strike your fancy, then you need to put this podcast in the playlist of your uh, spouse and uh, drop some serious hints, you know. Maybe print up the show notes and put them on their side of the bed. But, um, you know, when it comes down to… Email the link. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That way you got all the links. They can go straight and buy immediately.
1: So, you know… Also, if you are a listener and you are the uh, shooter that's going to be buying for your significant other who is also a shooter, I hope these give you a couple of ideas on things that you might go out and buy for your significant other this coming holiday. But I think with that, uh, we've pretty much covered uh, most of the common things that really are, are uh, interchangeable with the needs of any AR shooter without bringing in rifles. Yep. I would agree. So there you go. We've got a wide range of things. Uh, we do think there's some gems in here and I think there's probably a lot more that can be said, but at least maybe this is a starting point for you to help your gift giving significant other find a way to make you happy this holiday. You know, I have to confide in you, Anthony, that the only firearm anything I've ever received for a a holiday gift is the one I bought myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I bought myself something and I told my wife that she had bought me my Christmas present. So don't worry about it. Awesome. Best Christmas present ever.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, my wife and I have a, um, a tradition. We have what we call our gift folder. And so, yeah, this year is just, Stocked with actually pretty close to that listing of uh, ten items. So, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful.
1: You know, I kind of like that idea.
2: Well, it was her idea. Leave it to my wife to come up with a good one. So,
1: yeah, my my wife, um, her phone texts me links and images of things that she wants for the holidays. So it's really easy for me to keep her happy.
2: Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, this year I've added a new feature. Um, We both have iPhones, and so we use the shared. Uh, shared album in iCloud and take screenshots or pictures or whatever it is or whatever we want and upload it into that. So, yeah, it works out fairly well.
1: Well, so are you saying that you could put a podcast in that iCloud, share it with your spouse?
2: Uh, it's, it's mostly pictures. So oh, well. a picture of a podcast. Okay. What it's value like
1: is that then? I don't even know why you brought that up. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, you know, once again, we've uh, covered a pretty wide topic of uh, things that you might need if you're an AR shooter and you have someone who wants to buy you a gift. But I think we have to move on to some feedback. And before we do, we want to give Jennifer Gemin one last chance.
2: To last chance.
1: To contact us, to send up a smoke signal, shoot off a flare, anything, Jennifer on the 3rd at midnight, if we haven't heard from you, we're going to have to move on. And we really hate to do it. And, of course, Jennifer won't hear any of this before the 3rd, so that's really, I guess, kind of foolish for us to mention it. But um, if we haven't heard from Jennifer by the 3rd, uh, we will be announcing a new winner next week. So stay tuned. We will let you know what happens. Now, to feedback, why don't you start off with our first one here, Anthony? Yes.
2: So this comes from, uh, and I apologize if I get this incorrect. I think it's McCasey Home. Uh, it's M C K C Home. He says, "Hey guys, great show. I just got an AR-15 about six months ago. My first purchase was an M&P 15T. It's fantastic. Sometime soon, I would like to build my own. So I have a question. Let's assume my budget allows me to buy quality, middle-of-the-road parts, nothing over the top, but also nothing cheap. But let's also say I want to go out, go all out." and spend lots of money on only one part of the rifle. Example, a barrel or a trigger or an upper. What part, in your opinion, should I choose to buy if you're going to go all out? This gun will be used for home defense and some flinking. Thanks.
1: Reed. You know, I, I am a... Uh... Home defense and flinking. Well, you know, I, I look at this in the totality of everything he's saying. You know, he's going to buy quality middle-of-the-road parts. You know, there is nothing that you cannot do... With quality middle of the road parts in all of these sub assemblies, that isn't going to be great. You know what I mean? Right. You know, middle of the road is a very affordable place with a a lot of quality. So I I don't think you can do wrong, but
2: you're not going to get, go ahead. I'm just thinking if his primary use is home defense and some plinking, um, that means you're going to, you're going to be depending on this gun possibly for, for your life right so i think most of the parts would be just fine maybe i'm wrong here but i'm thinking optic you know i mean i'd yeah. end up with an eotech or something on it
1: you know and and um jw responded to uh, mccasey home and and that was his tact and and i cannot disagree with that the an eotech is a good place to be you know aimpoint is a good place to be trigicon I like Trigicon, but Trigicon is really pricey. I don't, I don't know that you're gonna find Trigicon equivalents uh, unless you basically add a third again as much to your budget. You know, the Eotech you can get for five hundred, you're gonna have to spend eight or nine hundred to get, an you know, an an aim point or not an aim point, a Trigicon. Um, that's there's nothing wrong with that, but. Obviously, your budget has to be able to absorb the shock. So, you know, on the low side, four hundred dollars for a uh like an Aimpoint or a, a lower-end Eotech, a civilian variant Eotech, you still have great technology, you still have great durability, and it's going to be a great sight. But you know, I, I I cannot disagree with Anthony, your reasoning, with JW's reasoning, and and it would be my reasoning as well. Put a good optic on it. Because middle of the road on all of these other sub assemblies is gonna get you a darn fine rifle. Um but cheap optics just won't do.
2: As will I they, know will they, and, Anthony? No, they will not. They will not.
1: All right. So uh McCasey Home, I hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. We do appreciate you contacting us. Uh thanks for listening. So uh Tim L writes in says, Hey guys, I just uh I just took my new build to the range. It has a PSA lower parts kit and a Geisley B-G2SE trigger that he picked up last week. He says, everything shoots great except that his bolt carrier group does not lock to the rear after the last round in a magazine. Any thoughts on how to fix this? He says, should I try a full auto bolt carrier group? The bolt release looks the same as my other AR-15. I am at a loss. Thank you from California. So, Tim... You know, here is kind of my troubleshooting process here. I think that you've either got one of two things. You don't have enough mass in the assembly for it to go back and clear your bolt stop. Or you don't have enough force driving that mass rearward. So, you know, first... A bolt carrier group can sometimes run as much as 180, 200 bucks, depending on what you're looking at. You can get them for cheaper. And I think the problem is, is that the cheaper it is, the lower the mass is because you're kind of, kind of transition over into that AR-15 bolt. So you're going to have probably a pretty, you know, big chunk to pay, you know, and have another bolt carrier group that you may not be able to use anywhere else. So before you buy a full-auto bolt carrier group, I would suggest getting the flat spring that we had in the show notes. We put a link up there. and A lot of shooters just seem to think that that spring solves any ill. And for $25, if it solves your problem, that is a really cost-effective solution.
2: Yep, no joke.
1: Now, let's say you... Don't get the resolution. If you buy it from Brownells, you can always send it back. But at that point, I think you need to try the larger mass bolt carrier group. Now, I don't know that I'd send the spring back until you get that, work it in conjunction with each other, and see if the combination is any better than the old spring and a new bolt carrier group. But, you know, whatever you don't end up needing, you can send back. But the full auto bolt carrier group is going to have more mass. In theory, if you propel it, at the right speed and it has more mass it will go further rearward it will clear the bolt stop and it should lock now if it doesn't you know the troubleshooting part of my brain says your next problem may be your gas port and if that's the problem that may have been your only problem but now what do you do so if the gas port is too small, the theory is is not enough gas is being propelled into the mechanism to cycle the rifle, at which point you have a problem. So how do you solve that? Well, I know I don't have the tools to solve it, and frankly, if it's a problem with your barrel and it's a rifle that you built, you may want to talk to whoever sold you the barrel and then see about either uh, an RMA or a replacement barrel or just getting it Sending it back for your money and trying to find a new one, but I mean, I think that's kind of a last, the last uh, point kind of issue. Try the others first to see if you can come up with a, a fix, and if that doesn't work, then I think you can explore the idea of the barrel being bad. Obviously, if you buy from Brownells and you end up uh, not needing those items, then you can send them back to Brownells. You know, I'd, I'd be careful though, and just stick with what you think you need to fix the problem instead of trying to fix all of them at once because in my experience you muddy up your results and you can't figure out which part of it was the fix and that ends up costing you more I think Um, any thoughts Anthony
2: well you know I mean uh like you said, if you can replace that spring for 25 plus shipping, that's definitely where I would start. Matter of fact, after seeing that post, I know you're probably your way of saying you're going to never change out that buffer spring in your rifle. So I can see if I can get that uh, tool ammo that I have to cycle properly all the time. Um, so yeah, I may go ahead and grab one of those two myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good, cheap troubleshooting option. So, you know, and it's a quality spring. I have one myself. I really do like it. Uh, let's move Very on good. to the next one. You want to take Brian? Sure. Brian
2: M writes in. I have to keep reminding myself to stop by the site and leave some feedback. I've been listening to the show for a little over a year now, and I'm slowly building my AR-15. The lower is complete, and I'm just waiting to decide on the upper. I've been really looking at the Magpul SL handguard, and I think you pushed me over the edge to get it. Just a quick question: What kind of barrel do I search for that has the front sight post? I was thinking of getting one instead of having to use a front flip-up. Is there a specific name for it? Thanks again for the great podcast. I keep wondering myself what else I would like to hear about, and I draw a blank. But somehow you've always managed to put together an interesting episode, and I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian.
1: Well, Anthony, do you have a solution? Because I know I do.
2: I know you do. Well, if he's building, then if he's going to buy a complete upper, he wants to make sure that it has the A2 front sight post on it, right? Right. If he's going to build it in parts, then he can buy that uh, A2 front sight post gas block separately, correct?
1: Ooh, probably not. And let me tell you what the issue is. Uh, the biggest issue is your standard front side base, as you would buy it from a gunsmith, doesn't have any taper pinholes in it. The taper pinholes are basically drilled into your front side base as you're drilling the hole into your barrel. So ah. that takes some very specific kinds of drills because they're tapered and it takes a very specific kind of jig. Because, well, holding a round barrel and a rather angular front sight base in a stable position while a drill goes uh, careening towards a very small spot on uh, both, uh, you know, that's certainly not anything I'm going to be able to do with two, two by 4s in my vice.
2: Well, see, just remember, I'm an alien from the planet Vortex, and I could have like 16 arms. You guys just don't see them in the background here. They're all floating around. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that would be really, really hard.
1: So um I, I think what you want to do is you want to try to buy a pre-assembled barrel. And I'm going to put up the, let's see, these are the Brownells stock numbers for Colt 16 inch 556 M4 carbine barrels. So this is kind of the standard de facto barrel that you're going to find in that configuration. Uh, It's going to have the front sight bases that you're asking for, and I think that this is the the solution um, to having that front sight base. So it's in the show notes. Um, You can take a look, but I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. And, you know, there's no real specific name for it. It's just a feature on a barrel. So you have to be uh, careful when you're ordering a barrel to make sure it has the features you're looking for. And so you want an A2 style front sight base. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's pretty much going to be your answer. So, Brian, uh, we do appreciate you coming by and uh, asking us some questions. Once again, it's why we like our listeners so much. But, uh yeah, Anthony's also linked the stock numbers to the Brownells page where those barrels are um, they're a really good price and Colt makes good quality but even if you just get a chance to look at that profile and kind of get a sense visually of what it looks like, I think that you can easily translate that into other manufacturers' products by just seeing what it is they offer so Brian, head on over uh, to the website and uh, see what you can see so
2: Next, we have Tom J. Tom J. writes in. He says, hey, guys, note I'm a legal gun over gun owner and have a valid concealed handgun permit. Have you ever thought about having a show topic on 80 percent lowers? The AR-15 Easy Jig is the jig that I use and I love. He's got a link to it. But the older version, he says, the jig, you cannot go wrong with it if you follow the instructions to the T.'" The last one I did while listening to the AR-15 podcast. All right, working and listening. Got to love that. I was done by the time your Average Link show was finished. So you see, it really doesn't take long that long to do. Well, that depends on which show you were listening to. No, I'm kidding. Um kidding. I just ordered my fourth 80% lower from another company for a dedicated 22LR so I could teach my little girl how to shoot. And it's just so much fun to build your own custom AR-15. The three I've built so far outperformed my Bushmaster. I'm glad my wife likes to shoot as well. She told me that I'm addicted to the AR-15. I told her, nope, just wanted to build as many ghost guns as I can. I'm attaching a picture of the one that I just finished about a week ago. Keep up the good work.
1: Well, Tom, you know, I have a real keen interest in the 80% lowers. My difficulty is is that I'm not a machinist. And so I think I would be hesitant to go down that road without having either a guest on the show who's had some experience or gaining that experience myself. So maybe if you can get the guys over at 80% Arms to uh, send us an email, we can have one of them on the show to tell us everything there is to know about milling out all of the components on your own 80% lower so that you can make your own AR for your own purposes. But, you know, it is something that we do have an interest in in the show but you know once again it's uh it's a degree of skill i don't have yet uh, but certainly something i'd like to have so yeah any help you can give us in that respect tom that'll help this show come to pass a whole lot sooner but hey thanks for writing in thanks for the feedback and and thanks for listening anthony what do you think about this next one it looks like he's uh addressing it to you Yeah, I know. All right. I
2: don't get very much addressed directly to me, understandably so. So Everett writes in. He says, Anthony, on the Gun Disassembly iPhone app, did you have the Gun Disassembly or Gun Disassembly 2? And it was the second one that I had, Gun Disassembly 2. The second one has a somewhat improved interface for iPhone, yet neither is absolutely great. Gun Disassembly was made for PC originally, which that's cool. I didn't know that and was ported to iOS. In fact, the port was such a copy and paste that the help section on the iPhone still, at least the last time I used it, mentioned right-clicking to do several functions. Aha! Clearly a PC action and not possible on the iPhone. Regardless, it is fun, in my opinion, educational and impressive, what the creators have done with it. If you give it another chance, you might try it on the PC to get a hang of it. It's free on the PC, and you can unlock different gun models, either by purchase or by completing challenges with the models it starts you with. That's kind of cool. Thanks for the great podcast. The AR-15 podcast is my favorite on FRN, and I look forward to it every week. I'm hoping to start my first AR-15 build soon, and the info you all have provided has been great.
1: Well, Everett. Thank you, Everett. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you get started on your build sooner rather than later. And if you need to give somebody special in your life some ideas, uh, send them our show notes.
2: Definitely. Yeah, And I'll definitely give that a shot on PC. I did not know that. And I like the uh, completing challenges with it. It's a good way to able to take a look at a lot of different guns that I probably otherwise would probably never be able to get my hands on.
1: All right. So our next piece of feedback is from Zachary D. Zachary writes in, Reed, wanted to let you know Silencer Shop has Tyrant 9mm suppressors on sale for $3.99 plus a $200 AAC online store credit. It also says uh, Dakota Silencer has the Tyrant 45 for with the same rebate. The temptation was too much for me and I picked myself up a nine millimeter can, my first stamped item earlier this week. When I asked the sales guy, (laughs) when I asked the sales guy why they were so inexpensive, thinking perhaps a new model was due out, he said that with AAC moving, he thought they were trying to reduce inventory to move and uh, elimination of an administrative burden. He said he just wanted to pass along the great deal to yourself and all the listeners hope you're having a great holiday. You know, I have to tell you that Silencer Shop is the vendor I just uh, acquired my last two silencers from. And it was a remarkably painless experience. It was a true pleasure. So I would suggest finding yourself a quality retailer with a good reputation to help you through the process if you've never done it before. Because I think that in the end, it will make the whole experience that much more pleasant. It's kind of tough when you have to give all your money for one of these or, you know, pay 50% of a non-refundable component, then pay your tax and wait for nine months and then have a retailer who's not willing to sit down and answer all of our silly questions and be patient with us. And, you know, it's hard not to get impatient when you have to wait that long for something. But, you know, Silencer Shop was really good, and, you know, I'm sure Dakota Silencer has a reputation that you can follow up on. I don't know them, but I don't know that there's anything bad about them. Just go and find out whether they're good, and if they are, it's dealer's choice, whatever you like. Um, Zachary, thanks for the update. You know, uh, I have, uh, in fact, been looking for a 9mm uh, can, and uh, I may very well jump on one of these offers. So thanks again. And uh, let's see, one more piece of feedback. Anthony, you want to start with this?
2: Yeah, this is our final piece. And Brian P. writes in, Hey, guys, I love the podcast. Been with you since the first show. I have a few builds under my belt and decided it was time to get my oldest son involved so we can have a little father and son bonding time at the range. He's 10 and is building everything himself with just a little help here and there and, of course, supervision to make sure it's built properly. That's impressive, man. And your building is on your right hand, that's awesome. So far everything is going great, and he is waiting for some more parts for Christmas. Just wanted to let everyone know what a great experience this build has been. But beware, much patience is needed. We do have one question because we'll be outfitting this build with a 22 long rifle conversion kit. Uh, will have this long term, will this have any long term damage to the 5.56 barrel, or will it just need a good cleaning when he's ready for a real bolt carrier group? Thanks and keep up the good work.
1: Well, you know I, I would tell you, Brian, my my feeling is that you're not going to be able to damage the barrel if you maintain it properly. and because of letting you want to be diligent about that maintenance aspect of it. So I would say you're probably going to have to do a little more maintenance. It's going to be a little dirtier uh, when you're shooting uh, lead twenty two and you know i'm trying to reflect back on my uh limited knowledge of what is in a plated 22 round it it it's not a copper jacket it's just a thin coating of copper isn't it anthony
2: uh i think so i mean, but realistically he's he's putting a 22 in if he puts a 22 conversion kit in this <clears throat> he's going to save, I'm assuming he must shoot a lot if they're, you know, since 10, they're already building their own AR. Um, he's probably going to save the cost of a barrel in ammo just by putting it in there. So, and like you said, I'm like 99% sure you're not going to damage the barrel at all. You're going to have to clean it more regularly because you're going to get all the fouling in there from 22. But you're, even if you did, which you probably aren't, you'd still save the cost by going
1: that route anyway. Yeah, that's a, whole new a, barrel, that a good, good point. If you are going to be shooting that much the differential in price will quickly mount up. You know, you're talking what? I think you can get a quality AR barrel from between, you know, a hundred on the low side with a sale to not much more than 200. And that would probably be a pretty special barrel for yep. just kind of that middle of the road territory, which is a great range. But you know, I think the thing that, that comes to mind for me is the question of whether or not it is better to get a barrel that is designed to shoot 22 rather than a barrel designed to shoot the 556. Five a 1-7 twist is too fast for that twenty-two long rifle. You want a slower twist. And if you don't get it, you're not going to make that round do for you what you want it to do. So... You know, plinking is going to be fine, I think, but plinking isn't precision, and you have to hang up precision if you're going to not have, you know, the matching components you need for a particular caliber. So,
2: if- yeah, I mean, you could actually just for a for if you're going to have a little bit of time. He's ten years old. If you don't, if he's going to be f- three or four years between now and between when you're ready to have I mean, start shooting two, two, three, five, five, six, um, just build a 22 upper. And then when you get ready, build another upper in two or three years and have a 5.56 five, to a 2.23 upper.
1: Yeah. And you know what? At the, at the same time, there's nothing wrong with changing out a barrel
2: because nope, not at all. I think
1: that, you know, selling a 22 long rifle conversion kit with a properly maintained barrel matched to the 22 long rifles, um, twist requirements is going to be a pretty quick gun broker sale. And it's a non it's a non fFL sale so you're good there i, I think that it, that you may just want to go ahead and consider uh a barrel that's going to have a a much more appropriate twist rate and if you've got your your end game five five six barrel on hand I mean nothing wrong with the spraying some REM oil down the barrel wrapping it up in plastic and stick it in the gun safe it'll still be there when you need it.
2: Yeah. And if you do go the route of building two separate uppers, you can, assuming that you get, because there are some kits you can do to put your, your, obviously put your 22 up in um, the same magwell that like you've seen already. You just change out the upper. Um, and then you can have both so that your son can still shoot 22 for the cost purposes, still be able to operate the same platform and not even have to worry about changing out bulk carrier group. You can just have the upper and those swap out real fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that helps. I hope that gives you some pointers. Uh, and obviously, if you have any more questions, let us know. We'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. So, Brian, thanks for your feedback. And uh, I hope you uh, uh, get a lot of enjoyment out of the rest of that build with your son. I know that uh, my little ones, being as little as they are, are not quite there. I've got several, several years more before I can get there. But I am eager to get to that point where they start asking me questions like, Daddy, can we go into the shop with you and build another rifle?
2: Yeah, that'll
1: be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So I think that brings us to the end of another show. And yes,
2: beginning of the happy holiday season.
1: It is it's coming upon us. So we want to remind everybody uh, that it's this time of the year that we give thanks and um, celebrate uh, a very special occasion. So uh, as each of you go into this holiday season may you have the opportunity to have those moments of reflection uh, so that we can be thankful of all the blessings that we have. And, uh, you know, maybe have an opportunity to clue in a loved one about what it is we'd like to really have in our tactical stocking.
2: <laughs> well put, Reed, well put. So, guys, you can, as always, send us any questions or comments to feedback at ar15podcast.com. Send us recorded voicemail by using the SpeakPipe plugin on the right hand side of the AR15 podcast website. And as always, you can, uh, yeah, excuse me, you can uh, fly right over to the uh, firearmsradio.tv forward slash iTunes page and subscribe and listen to the AR15 podcast for free over iTunes. And you can use any other app such as the Stitcher app, but if you're going to use either that or iTunes, we ask that you guys put us a review on there. It helps us rate higher in all of the different rankings, which helps us attract better guests, industry figures, et etc., et cetera, to come on the show and give you better information. You can share your pics with us on Flickr or any of our other social media outlets at flickr.com forward slash group forward slash rifle. Follow us on Google Plus and watch us live when we record on Monday nights at firearmsradio.tv forward slash plus. And you can check out our YouTube page for past episodes of this and many of the other podcasts at youtube.com slash firearms radio. You can follow the Firearms Radio Network on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash firearms radio, or you can also find information on all of the other wonderful podcasts on FRN. As we have said many, many times in this episode, Brown Elk is wonderful to us and wonderful to you guys as we are giving a waffle away that they gave to, uh, to us to give to you. So make sure that you use our Brownells affiliate link to show them your thanks by going to ar15podcast.com forward slash parts when you're looking for any of your AR15 parts needs. You can always return your parts with Brownells 100% satisfaction guarantee, so make sure you try that link. Brownells is a wonderful company to do business with. And don't forget to use our Amazon affiliate link for anything you don't find on Brownells. That's easy to get to, firearmsradio.tv forward slash Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the firearmsradio.tv website. To go over and use that when you're doing your Christmas shopping, even non firearms related. And with that, I think that's a wrap read.
1: All right. Everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Good night.
0: of paying high ammo prices? Want more bang for your butt? Need high volume or precision loads? The Reloading Podcast has you covered. From single stage to progressive, the Reloading Podcast has something for everyone. For those who have never pulled a lever, now's the time to start reloading your own cartridges. For those with gunpowder coating your workbench floor, now's the time to take your loads to the next level. Reloadingpodcast.com. Or search Reloading Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher app. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.